Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Friends with Wheels. Today I will be talking with Dr. Monica McHale Small, who works in the realm of education at the Learning Disabilities Association of America. I feel that she has some really great insight into the world of education for people with learning disabilities, so I'm really excited to have her today. I hope you guys tune in to this amazing podcast episode. Okay, um, welcome to another episode of my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Today, her name is Dr. Monica Mikhail Small. Um, uh, what, what do you do again? What do I do again? I do a lot of things, but right now, and I think the way we you connected with me, Laszlo, is that I am the Director of Education for the Learning Disabilities Association of America. And I pretty recently in this position, I came to that position. I had previously served as the president of LDA, and I have a background in school psychology and school district administration. Um, yeah, so I do a bunch of things. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your background and how you got involved with, you know, not just this organization, but like generally with people with learning disabilities. How did you like get into that realm of education? Okay. Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been very interested in, in education. Um, but wasn't quite sure I wanted to be a classroom teacher. Uh, as an undergrad at Cabrini College, I majored in psychology and I had a minor in education. And while in my undergrad program, I found out about a field that I really knew very little about, which is school psychology. And I really liked the sound of, of that career because it combined my interest in psychology and assessment, but also in education and, and working with children, especially children with, you know, various types of, of uh, learning needs and disabilities. So um, I pursued that education. I went on to the University of Pennsylvania, where I got my master's and doctorate. And I also um, got a certification as a Pennsylvania uh, school psychologist, certified school psychologist from Millersville University. And from there, I started working in public schools. I began my career as a school psychologist. Um, and as a school psychologist, what I quickly found is that most of the kiddos that uh, we interact with are kids who are struggling academically and most especially struggling in reading. And even though I was trained and credentialed and I was supposedly ready to you know, do this job, I felt a lot of panic thinking, gosh, I don't, I don't know enough about this. I don't know enough about learning disabilities. So I spent a lot of time educating myself and taking additional training and reading so that I really um, understood dyslexia and other learning disabilities a whole lot better. And then as luck would have it, um, I have four children of my own who are now successful adults. And all four of them struggled either with ADHD or learning disabilities or both. And from being a parent, um, I really found myself becoming more involved in the advocacy space 
So, you know, eventually I found my way to LDA, the Learning Disabilities Association of America. And what really attracts me to LDA is the fact that they are um, a, an organization that is focused not just on building awareness and education um, and educating and supporting individuals with learning disabilities and their families, but also really advocating for those individuals in terms of policy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really complex organization and it's got some good things in there. Um, I just wanna like ask, like um, what, I, I know that you said that um, you were a school, you were a school psychologist for, for a while. Um, so like what kinds did you do in, in that position with regards to like working with people, you know, with learning disabilities? Right, so a lot of, School psychologists are trained to do a lot of things. Um, in many schools, the, the primary role of school psychologists is to conduct psychoeducational assessments um, that you know, will determine or be part of the process for determining eligibility for special education services or maybe accommodations under Section 504. So that's a big part of the role of the school psychologist. Um, but school psychologists are also trained to do consultation with teachers around, you know, behavior management in the classroom, um, data analysis with, with teams, kind of looking at the assessment data that we're collecting on all kids to make sure no one's falling through the cracks and everyone's getting what they need. Uh, school psychologists do get to engage in some level of direct service where they're working directly with kids, maybe doing social skills group or sometimes you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling or group counseling with kids. So we do a lot of different things in um, school psychology. We have a lot of training in all those different areas, um, but what the role looks like really does vary a lot from school to school and school district to school district. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like what sort of like, uh... What sort of evaluative methods do you like use, like when sort of interacting with people with disabilities? What sort of things do you know? What kind of things do you do, like methods-wise, to sort of see how um, an individual with a disability is performing on an educational level? Okay. Well, there's a lot of different assessments and methods and strategies that we use um, because you know as I'm sure you are very well aware, um, individuals with disabilities are, are unique and you know, they, their needs are going to be unique. So we have to make sure that when we are doing assessments that we're selecting tools that um, are, are normed and valid and reliable for, for the group that, who, for the individual that we're working with. Um, there's a lot of different assessments that are out there individually administered assessments that school psychologists can select from to help them figure out, you know, what a child's, um, maybe their academic skills are, what some of their cognitive strengths and maybe uh, cognitive processing um, areas and need. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're going to have to edit that. <laughs> My dog just started barking. Mm -hmm. um, 
sorry about that. Do you want me to start over again because of that? Oh, no, no, keep going. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so we have a lot of different assessments we can um, standardize, like tests that we can administer. But, but also a really important piece of the evaluation process, the assessment process, is observing the, the students in the classroom, talking to their parents, talking to their teachers, talking to the students themselves to get a, a sense from the student. You know, most kids really do know themselves as, as learners and they can tell us what it is that they're struggling with and what they feel like they're doing pretty well with and what kinds of extra support and help they think could benefit them. So it's really important to talk to the, the individuals themselves, talking to the parents. Parents know their kids very, very well. Um, sometimes they can't necessarily you know, speak the lingo that we speak in education, but my experience of working with parents is that they understand their children and their needs, and it's really important for public schools to really be listening to our parents um, and helping, having our parents help us get a better sense of their children as, as learners and observing kids in multiple settings in the classroom, in subjects where they're really doing well and also in subjects where they might be struggling so we can get a sense of just what's going on. Um, and also because some kids, you know, with, other, with uh, my area of expertise is learning disabilities, but I certainly work with a lot of kids with you know, uh, um, with autism and, and other types of disabilities. So we really need to, you know, see where, where their strengths are and where their struggles might be. So that would mean getting out there on the playground and in the cafeteria to just really get a good sense of, of who these individuals are. And then what I always feel and what I, I now have the opportunity to train future school psychologists, but I think what we need to be doing when we're evaluating um, a child is to really paint a portrait of that child to see, and kind of tell, like lay it all out. Who is this, this individual as a learner? What are their strengths? What are their areas where they need support? And paint a really full picture of who that kiddo is. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, I was thinking back to another friend of mine that I did a podcast with and she talked about how like in the education system, you know, a lot of times she would be like pulled out from certain classes and, you know, because of, you know, because of her learning disabilities and stuff. And, you know, they tried to like see, you know, basically it was sort of like a, um, a bad experience for her in the education system. So um, with that sort of analogy, um, I would like to like know what are some of the kinds of things, what can be done from an educational perspective to maximize a student's success in the classroom? Like not only where they feel comfortable, but that they can thrive. Um, yeah, so that, that's a great question, right? And that should be, that should be our primary goal in education is to, to figuring that out. Um, one of the things I mentioned in the very beginning that what really drove me to become, you know, uh, very, to educate myself around learning disabilities, I, I mentioned dyslexia, and I think dyslexia is a really good example. So dyslexia is a disability that manifests as a reading disability, particularly um, that ability, that sound symbol 
connection and being able to decode the words on the page, which is so critical and foundational to not just to reading comprehension, but so much of what we do in school. And what I have learned and what I've seen is that the, the, you know, the, best, the best thing that we can do is to prevent, prevent uh, failure in school. And, and this is true for kids who don't have disabilities and for kids who do have disabilities. So that means that, you know, uh, something that I've always advocated for and um, have been very active around is making sure that that core curriculum, what we're teaching to all kids is very much evidence-based so that everybody's getting a really robust education that's gonna maximize their potential. And, and when we do that, you know, we can kind of, uh, head off a lot of the problems, a lot of the failure, because what happens what in, and what has been a struggle in the way we define and understand learning disabilities is a lot of kids have to struggle for quite some time before they get the extra help. Um, and that struggle just compounds things, right? So you're already struggling to learn to read, and then you're watching all your peers just really take off and seemingly not having any difficulties, and you just start to feel worse and worse about yourself as a learner. You become less uh, willing to take risk and engage in instruction. You might even start to act out, right? Because you're just feeling that poorly about yourself. So I really advocate for prevention and prevention through robust core evidence-based instruction in reading and in math in teaching kids the social skills and the behaviors that they need to be successful in school right from the beginning, right? So not waiting until kids are struggling, jumping in in the very beginning. And if we can do a better job with that, then you know we won't have so many kids who are failing and then need that special education support and need it to the extent where they have to be pulled out of the regular classroom. So whenever possible, we should be providing supports for kids in that regular classroom. And like I said, if we really focus on our early learners and focus on what the research tells us, we can do a whole lot in those early years that we can minimize the need to pull kids out. Now, of course, you know, some kids, no matter what our best efforts are, and even the kids who get the very best that education has to offer, some kids are gonna have needs that um, mean that they have to get something extra or something additional, and they're going to need that, that pullout. And that's always a struggle, right? Because kids just want to be part of the group. They don't like to stand out. Very few kids want to be the one who has to leave the regular classroom. So we just have to be able to create a, a climate in our schools where we understand that everybody is unique and everybody has their strengths and everybody has their things that they might need extra help with and just be really mindful of how we structure those, um, those pullouts for additional support. And if we work really hard in the beginning in teaching our kids to accept um, you know, all different kinds of people and accept all their friends in the classroom for, for what they're great at and what they might need help with, and then when those kids have to be pulled out later, it doesn't become such a big deal and it doesn't feel so stigmatizing. I'm not saying we're gonna erase all that feeling of un uneasiness, but we can, we can certainly do a lot of things in how we deliver services to make it just more 
more amenable to the kids who need it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's important to really support people with learning disabilities and, and just making sure that they like have all the tools they need for success because um, each has each I think has a as a unique contribution to the education system and to society at large. Correct. Absolutely. And if we can just start to teach our children um, from the very beginning that we all have value and worth just because we are, right? We mm -hmm. don't have, to have any strengths or anything. We're still valuable human beings just because of uh, we exist. And that's, that's the world that I always strive to create in the schools where I worked. And I think it's probably what... Um, led me to go into administration so that I could have a bigger impact. Because um, as a school psychologist, you know, you can impact the, the school where you work and the team where you, you, that you work with. But when you go into administration, you know, you, at, least, at least my belief was you, you have that opportunity to impact more kids because you can make more systemic kinds of changes to benefit kids. Yeah, that's 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 an important point. Uh, with that, um, I would just like to say thank you so much for doing this and lending your insight for, on an educational background and perspective. I really much appreciate. I really much appreciate it. Basically, all right, everybody. That about that about does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast with Dr. Monica McHale-Small. I feel like she provided some insight into the realm of education for people with disabilities. I really got to enjoy some of her aspects of education and kind of her background within that realm. I hope you tune in for more episodes of my podcast, so be on the lookout. Ha thanks, have a nice day.